You are listening to a special edition of tonight with me, Lester Cape Talk Dads, as we look forward to Father's Day on Sunday. But what does it all mean during this time of COVID-19? You have dads who are medical officers, medical workers on the front line. You have dads who are police officers. You have dads who are cleaners. You have dads who are store assistants working on the front line as essential workers. If you have a dad or you are a dad, working on the front line and you feel concern not only for yourself but your family and your kids give me a call 021-446-0567 i'd love to hear from you just how you are processing this living this parenting during a pandemic over the last 40 minutes or so we've been speaking to some of our more well-known dads just how they are coping up next lukman adams also a well-known performer and actor in south africa lukman thanks so much for for joining us i know that your dad putamani plays uh, an important role in your life i've seen that man in action between you and emo i think your dad is probably the most talented um, I totally agree with you, Lester. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Um, my dad is a is a is an old soul. I mean, um, I, we just did a special on him. We wanted to pay tribute to him while he was still alive because we felt that uh, a lot of times you never get to say thank you uh, or while you uh, have your parents around you. So that was one of the reasons that we felt we had to do it. But I know my dad's very old school. Um, I know he went to go work at the age of 13 because that was just the right thing to do. Um, so when I listen to these stories, I think to him, it felt the right to, mm. I wouldn't say push us or force us into the, this industry. I would say it was just a, yeah, it was a hard push mm. or maybe he just felt, um, he wanted to give us the opportunity that he never had. Mm. It's really weird during this this period of of COVID, of especially if you don't live with your parents, of not knowing when mm. you know when you're going to see them. Um, we had a, a family emergency over the weekend, and my parents had to come to, to to look after my kid. It was so weird not seeing my dad for two and a half months. We didn't hug. We did the elbow. <laughs> And this dance that we had to do around the house, but not to come in close contact, because yes, and he's, and he's over 60, so I'm worried. So equally for you and your dad and saying, and paying tribute to him now, because this uncertainty, especially for our, our elderly parents is, you know, it eats at one's soul. I definitely became close with my dad in the later, in the later years of my life, um, because we started at a very young age, um, and I didn't understand it. I mean, I was I was about nine years old, ten years old, and my dad allowed me to go and perform on the Six Musical with Jody and um, Alice Isabel. But if I if I look at it now, I don't think I'll ever be able to let my ten year old daughter or travel the world or, or just kind of go like yes, just just go. But when I look at it now, I kind of. It was his way of saying, I don't know if you are, will ever be able to see the world. Mm-hmm. So I, I get it now. And when I asked, and I managed to ask him some of these questions, um, and it's because the way he grew up, I mean, that's the only thing mm-hmm. he knew. Yeah. Um, and now I can sort of do things differently. You mentioned your, your daughter, and, uh, you know, giving her that space to go and explore the world, but we live in a, 
in a troubled world, a troubled South Africa, when gender-based violence, violence against women is again and continues to be and should be top of mind. You know, you've, you've come from two runs of, of a, a powerful show, Just Men, where you look at the role, the complicity, the, of men. And not just guilty men, not just men who are violent, men who are abusers, but all men. How has yes. workshopping that show affected your relationship with it, Nura and I Nura? think it, yeah, I think it was the best thing that could have happened to me. Um, I, I realized that I needed to be reprogrammed. And there was a lot of things that I took for granted that was just an expectation or just the way I was taught. Mm. Um, and by doing that, I also realized that it's not, um, it's, it's not a color thing. You know, it's, it's all over. It's, it's every single person who stepped onto that stage, they had issues because there were, there was either this expectation of this is what men should be like. This is what boys should be like. Boys don't cry. This is how you treat a girl. This is how you speak to a girl from, from cat whistling to, everything else that goes with it. So it starts there. Mm. And then, um, the, yeah, so there's just this expectation of what a guy should be like. Um, and by telling our stories, um, I mean, I was on tour with bands, um, like I spoke about in the show. Um, and th- there's this thing about musicians where it's okay to just party and do whatever they do and then pack up and leave mm. and, you know, it's, it's, it's like a status thing. And that's what, that's what I saw. I thought that that's the right thing mm-hmm. to do. Um, and that sort of became my norm. And I, and I had to, um, and I quick realized that, Hey, one day I'm going to have daughters mm-hmm. and someone's going to do this to my daughter. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a tricky to, balance, look, man, of wanting to do that absolute fatherly thing of protecting particularly your daughter at all costs but also wanting to explore and experience as much as you did to be able to travel the world at 14 16 years old as a performer your instinct would would be to say no because i know what goes on but if i do that I'm depriving her of those opportunities that which leads you to the point where in life where you are now. Listen, one thing my dad instilled in us is, is religion and, and, and always to know right from wrong. And, and up until today, you know, he's very past as, as, as violent and not violent, as rude as he is when he speaks, because he sometimes haven't got away with Mm. words. Um, that is sort of the thing that, that keeps us grounded. Um, and one thing I can also say about my dad is what, what he wants for us, he also wants for mm. every other kid in this community. Mm. And if I, that's the only thing I can, and that's the most important thing I want to take from, from him. Um, just to kind of do that to other kids as well. Um, treat them the way you treat your kids. Mm. Um, and he's, he's like the godfather in Mitchell's plane, not just Mitchell's plane. <laughs> and he can move on a stage. Look, man, Adams, thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate all the best to you and your family. And also send regards to Butamani as well. I will do so.
Um, you'll see him on the 21st on <laughs> doing his thing. Excellent. Look, my Adams there. We listen to a special edition of Tonight with me, Lester. You can watch us live on Facebook. Just go onto Facebook, search Cape Talk and watch our live streaming videos. We are taking your calls on 021-446-0567. Now, a, a short while um, ago, uh, Malik Fakhuddin wrote a tribute to his dad on Facebook. His father passed away of COVID-19 related symptoms the last time he saw his father was when he wheeled him into a hospital Malik Fakhuddin joins us on the line now Malik how do you feel you know living through this time of COVID-19 this is the first Father's Day without your dad how do you feel uh, hi good evening um, it's actually shared um, you know I don't have a father anymore um that I can buy a gift for for Father's Day. So um, it's actually sad. Um, you know, <sighs> I wish there was never a Father's Day. Oh. Um, see that my father isn't there anymore because um, my father was my hero. Uh, my father opened doors um, for for us as a family, you know. Mm. So it, it's sad. If if it wasn't COVID nineteen, uh, would you have? Of course, you'd miss your dad. But this whole environment of the deadliness of of this disease it affects one differently. We're all a lot more wary, or a lot more cautious. Does this, does that play a bit on your mind? Maybe your dad, you know, if you had, if something else had happened, if you had not come into contact with a certain person, for example, he would he would still be here today, and he would still be able to hug him on Father's Day. It, yeah, obviously, um, you know, you would have been here today if it wasn't for COVID nineteen. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have uh, bought him something nice like we do um, every Father's Day, you know. And um, we normally give the the, the, the gift to my to, to our kids uh, mm. to to give it to to him, you know. Um, it's 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 a really difficult um, situation and uh, a sad um, mm. it's sad for us. Going through this because we're still struggling with with this death um, mm. because of COVID nineteen. Wow. Malik Fakhuddin, thanks so much for joining us. All the best and still condolences to you and your family. A special edition of Cape Talk Dads on tonight with me, Lester. As we look forward to Father's Day on Sunday, and how do we pay tribute to our fathers and father-like figures in this time of COVID nineteen? Now, remember. Lead SA aims to inspire citizens to be change makers in their communities, the country and their world. And by supporting people who are leading SA and inspiring people to lead SA, enabling more people to lead SA. Um, Lorenzo Davids is the CEO of the Community Chess, joins us now on Zoom. You can watch us live on our Facebook channel. Lorenzo, last year we were sitting on very comfortable couches, eating bultong and drinking non-alcoholic beer yeah, in studio now we're talking to each other via um, via zoom it's a very difficult time for many people particularly fathers but i want to talk to you particularly in the welfare and the community development space of 
unemployed fathers, fathers who have lost their jobs, fathers who are struggling to to provide for their families. You speak to a lot of these people, a lot of these men. What are they telling you? Are we struggling to hear you there? Yeah, the re- no. Oh, there we go. So can you hear me now? Here we go. Lester, thank you. Uh, yeah, I, I recall last year with great fondness, and, and, and this year is a very tragic occasion. I think we have lost so many people during COVID-19, especially fathers. We have, we've had the tragedy of, of, of multiplying poverty, um, just grip households during this period, mm. an unemployed population that grew during COVID-19 of some 2 million people. So, so, so all of this data just compounds the already uh, um, difficult role that fathers play in this space. And, and as I talk to them, it is a painful, painful one. You know, Lester, I had a father on the phone. He's an older man, uh, called me from the Northwest province, uh, about two weeks ago. And he, he's a farmer and he says, my farm is dead. He says, the workers on my farm have no food. Myself and my wife have no food. We eat one meal a day. And he says this to me. He said that, uh, we are both diabetics. And, and I fear she is going to die any moment. Oh. And you just had a sense of this national pain that fathers are, are, are living with across the spectrum. And it's a very difficult moment uh, to, to live out sensibly that, that role of carer, provider, protector, mm. along with your partner. And I think much of that is related to gender-based violence as well. The fact that, that there is this powerless role that results in violent power. And, and that's a very complex part of the South African gender-based violence narrative. Mm. How then are men, ex- how then should we then frus- express our frustration, express our concern, express our uncertainty and our fear? I guess that is so important by allowing not only our partners, but especially allowing our children to see that, to, to show our vulnerability. I, I, I keep saying this, and I think safe spaces to talk. It's just that ability to talk. I mean, this particular program that you host now, this is such a key outlet. It's such a, for me, it's an outlet to be able to talk about it. My wife is sitting next to me over there, and, and she's uh, making like she's not listening to me tonight. And that's cool because I have you to talk to. <laughs> and she's laughing. Oh, hello. How are you, man? <laughs> but, but it's because I can talk with you. And, and, and that list is the message you must get. There must be somebody you can talk with mm. and talk to. And, and, and that's the missing part in South Africa. We are, we are asked to be such smart, brilliant, powerful people. Mm. And yet inside we are crying out for somebody just to listen to our story. Mm. And, and, and you've created this space for us. But I hope there are spaces like these created for just ordinary men mm. to come and talk. It's, it, it is part of our healing. When we talk about poverty and the violence of poverty, it's, it, it's inflicted on all sectors, men, women, particularly children. Who are we supposed to turn to? When children uh, turn, they turn to their parents, they turn to the father figure. Who are we as men to turn to? When we don't know whether we're going to be paid at the end of the month, when our salaries have dried up. When, when we are frustrated, who do we turn to? Yeah, I have no idea because when I, when I see the levels of violence, I think who is reaching out to these people? 
you know, I've been in South African prisons. I've been in South African courts. I've spoken to men at the brink of death. Uh, a few weeks ago, I spoke to someone that's on the brink of committing suicide. And I just go, all, all they need is someone who will just be there. You know, when I was, uh, I was 15 years old and, and I, we grew up in foster care. I grew up in foster care with eight other children. And, and my brother who, who lived with us, uh, you know, um, we forgot to take the washing of the line one day. And, and for that, there was great discipline. If you forgot to, to take the washing of the line, you would know if this, you know, in the seventies and eighties that you were, you were disciplined. And, and, and he forgot to take it off. And I took it off for him just before the, the dew came down on the washing because, you know, you, the washing shouldn't get wet at night. But he wrote me a note that night. He put it under my pillow and he put a note under my pillow, which I'll never forget. And he said these words to me. It was a Ralph Waldo Emerson quote. And he wrote it down and he said to me, nothing inspires a man more than to know that someone believes in him and is willing to trust him. And, and that's what's missing. So, so in the big violence dialogue, Lester, um, when you experience systemic violence, you'd experience employment violence, you'd experience the violence of poverty, you'd experience the violence of disempowerment, these, these, these uh, cascading levels of violence. When you come home as a man or when you live, when you stay in your community, your instinctive response is to be violent. Mm. And we have to lift the cascading levels of violence of men because that's part of ending violence against women and children. Um, the, the, the pressure, the pressure, the collective pressure that families face in the society, poverty, hunger, education, funding, lack of funding to pay for your child to go to university, et cetera, et cetera. All of that has, has created the cascading levels of violence that men face. And who do they talk to? You're asking the right question. Lorenzo Davids is the Community Chess CEO, raising some pertinent issues. Thanks so much for joining us. Really, really appreciate it. I promise you next year you'll be right here on our couch enjoying a non-alcoholic Thank you. beer with me. Lorenzo Davids <laughs> is the Community Chess CEO. We are talking about dads in the time of COVID-19. Not only dads, but dad-like figures people who come into our lives and fill that gap. If you have a story to tell about that father figure, give me a call. 021-446-0567. Drop me that WhatsApp. 0725671567. You can watch us live this evening. Go to our Facebook page, search Cape Talk, and you can watch all of our conversations that we've had so far talking about dads and dad-like figures. What does it mean to you to be a dad, particularly during this time of COVID-19? Give me a call. Coming up, we are waiting to now cross to uh, Yaku van Skalkveen.